0: So let's start with Matthew chapter 24. This is Jesus' comments, where Jesus is speaking, and he is talking about that idea that his disciples say, hey, when are you coming back? Okay, He's not referring now to the rapture. We've talked about that. Jesus is referring to what we call his second coming, and uh, that is going to be after the rapture, the Bema seat. But Jesus is speaking in Matthew 24. And uh, he makes this comment. Let's go back to verse 1. Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And this is after, this is the last week that he's ministering. He's spent the day uh, in the temple, had cleansed the temple, and is coming back with his disciples now and going, uh, going aside and going to teach them. And they're passing the temple, and he makes this comment about the temple. His disciples came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. They're so impressed. And he says, See not all these things, verily I say unto you, that there shall not be here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. So he's predicting judgment and catastrophe for Jerusalem. As he sat upon the Mount of Olives the disciples came unto him privately saying tell us you know you made comment about destruction when shall these things be and what shall be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world And he goes on now. He starts giving explanation, giving some details. He answered and said, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. You shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, famines, pestilences, earthquakes, and diverse places. All these, what's your Bible read? They're the beginning of the sorrows. Okay, then he seems to be shifting and giving more explanation about the second half. He goes on, he says, then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. and Many false prophets shall rise and deceive, and because of the iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end shall be saved. Then this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, then shall the end come. And so he's given a summary of that seven years, splitting it in half. Then he adds some details about the seven years. When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet and that person stand in the holy place, then let them which be in Jerusalem flee unto the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to anything, uh, to take anything out of the house, neither let him that is in the field return back to take his clothes. Woe unto them that are with child, to them that give second those days, but Pray that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day, for then shall be. What's your Bible read? great tribulation, okay, such as was not since the beginning of the world, to this end, no, nor ever shall be. And except those days would be shortened, there shall be no flesh saved, but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Then if any man shall say, lo, here is the Christ, or there is the Christ, believe it not, for there shall arise false prophets and false Christs, with many great signs and wonders, insomuch that if were possible, they would deceive the very elect. I have told you these things before. Wherefore, if you shall say unto you, if they shall say unto Behold, he's in the desert, don't go out. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, don't go out, believe it not. For as the lightning comes out of the west and shines even unto the, or out of the east and shines unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. And then he gives explanation of the coming of the Son of Man. Go to Revelation 6. Revelation 6, now, he's given a synopsis, a, a general overview. Then years later, he sees John in the Isle of Patmos and he gives him more details to fill in the blanks. In Revelation 6, he starts speaking, "...I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals..." That's that scroll that's been rolled up and sealed at several different spots. He says, I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and him that sat about had the bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. And when he opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given unto him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, that they should kill one another, and there, should be, there was given unto him a great sword. And when he had opened the third he said, seal. He said, I heard, I saw the third beast saying, come and see, or heard him. And I beheld an black horse. He that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, a measure of wheat for a penny, three measures of barley for a penny. And see, you hurt not the oil or the wine. And when he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, come and see. And looked. I looked, and behold, a pale horse, the same that sat on him was death, and hell followed with him, and power was given unto him to take forth part of the earth, to kill with sword, hunger, death, and the beasts of the earth. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried, How long, O Lord, holy and true, do you not avenge our blood and them that dwell in the earth? And white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them that they should rest a little for, yet for a little season." Then we jump down to verse 12. And I beheld, and he opened up the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood, and the stars fell from the heavens, or fell unto the earth, even as the fig tree uh, casts her untimely figs. When she is shaken with a mighty wind, and heaven departed as a scroll, as it were rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their place. Kings of the earth, and great men, and rich men, and chief captains, mighty men, every bondman, every free man, hid themselves in the dens and the rocks and the mountains, and said to the mountains, Fall on us, hide us from the faith of him that sits on the throne from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of his wrath is come, who shall be able to stand. Then chapter 7 is dealing about the 144,000. Chapter 8, as you go there, it says, And when he had Open the seventh seal, there was a silence in heaven for about a half hour. And then this seventh seal is what? I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given the seven trumpets. And you read down to chapter 8 and chapter 9, and it's the seven trumpet judgments. What you have in this whole period of of tribulation is you have what Jesus describes as the worst time in human history. Let's just remind ourselves exactly what we said and where we were at. It's a seven-year period. And it's the period just preceding his return to this planet Earth. He, um, he gives up many different names throughout scriptures. Those names all indicate that it's a horrible period. It's an awful time. And the, every indication is that this is obviously uh, the the worst time in all of human history. So the names give that. Jesus Christ made that impression. We, uh, last week, gave you just a brief chart of the seven years, and we remember we said it starts with the signing of a covenant between Antichrist and the Jewish nation. The Jewish nation has to be in place. There has to be a restoration of Israel prior to this tribulation, which means 1948 is a very important date when Israel came back into history. Then there's a three and a half years of peace. Jesus said, you will hear about these things. You will hear about these things. And then he says, and then it'll get worse for you. In that first three and a half years, it's the sealed judgments. The seven that we just read about in chapter five, 6 of the book of Revelation. And then at the middle point, Satan will be cast out of heaven. This is Revelation chapter 12. He's cast out of heaven for good. He knows his time is short. And the call from the book of Revelation is, Woe unto the inhabitants of the earth, for Satan comes with great wrath, knowing his time is short. He comes down to planet earth, and what he'll do is he'll instigate a lot of things. Antichrist has been a key figure now from the beginning of the tribulation, signing the treaty. But now uh, Satan will indwell him and will empower him to do much more. He breaks the covenant with Israel. He has Establishes himself in the temple, that's going to be the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem, and he will claim that he is Jehovah present, he is the Messiah, and declare that everybody has to honor and glorify him. His associate, called the false prophet, will instigate a um, a monetary system upon planet earth where everybody who wants to buy and sell has to get the number which you all know about, have heard about, and so then it'll become a one world system at this point for monetary uh, uh, activity as well as any type of, of relationship with the government and it'll be forced religious worship of Antichrist. That opens up the second three and a half years where he says, Woe unto you Israel when, the, when you see the abomination of desolation. That's Antichrist putting himself in the temple. Just like Daniel 7, Daniel 11 talked about Antiochus Epiphanes going into the temple of the Jews and making an abomination. The parallel was made in Daniel's writings, prophecies, that the Antichrist will put himself in the temple an abomination of desolation. When you see that, he said, run to the hills. Don't go back. Why? The second three and a half years will be intense attacks upon the Jewish nation. Remember, what happens during this time period is Satan is indwelling Antichrist. Satan is going to make one of his primary goals is to wipe out the Jewish people, totally obliterate them. Why? Why does he want to annihilate every Jew? They're God's people. If he can destroy the Jews, he has proven God is impotent in order to protect his people. And so he will. He will then show that God has broken His promises, and Satan will have won. So Satan will increase his attacks upon the Jewish people, and some of the in, some of the difficulties that come upon the entire region of the world, where you have Antichrist ruling from the new Jerusalem, uh, the new Babylon, is then during this second half. You will have the trumpet judgments and the vile judgments. Those are both sets of seven different judgments. They, they basically overlap they tell about some of the same things happening. Some of them, some scholars will say, the reason that there's two sets of these is, one, the intensity. Number two is that one of them seems to be uh, more of the experiences of Israel, where the other is more universal on other people. So we'll get into that when we talk about those two in a little bit. Um, Then you have the, towards the last part of the tribulation, you have the preparations for the Battle of Armageddon. This is a demonic-induced battle there are demons that will come into the world, it very clearly talks about that they will lead the nations and guide the nations to come to battle against Jerusalem, against Israel to try to destroy. So it will be a universal um, treaty amongst all the world powers coming against Israel to try to destroy them. Jesus Christ will all of a sudden return because the world's about to destroy itself, itself and he will rescue the remaining Jews. One third of the Jews will be the one. The remnant. One third of those living in this time period will be the ones that he saves as he comes down to uh, the Mount of Olives and then he will uh, stop the warfare against the Jews he will take Antichrist and the false prophet, the two chief human rulers that are uh, attacking the Jews and he will put them in, anybody remember where they get put? At the end of the seven years? They go into the lake of fire. They're the first ones there. What does Jesus do with Satan? He's bound and he's put into the bottomless pit for a thousand years. And Jesus sets up his kingdom upon earth, a thousand year kingdom, and then at the end of that kingdom, Satan's let loose for a one last hurrah. That's the basic idea. Now, some of you may say, well, I, I, you know, how come you use the word seven, or the number seven? It's because in several passages in the in the uh, book of Revelation as well as when we get into Daniel 24, he's talking about seven something, seven something, seven something, seven, you know, Um, is the number that's used. And if you go into the book of Revelation multiple times, he gives specifics about the second half and the first half, and he gives exact number of days, months, which they work out to three and a half years is one half of the period. The other half of the period is three and a half years, and it correlates with what Daniel calls the last week or the last seven-something of the uh, and we understand it as years the seven last years of the nation of Israel before Jesus Christ coming back and so we don't come up with this number just off the cuff the seven the the seven something it's either we it's called seven weeks in Daniel but it's seven years because we start putting it all together and say okay the, uh, it's very specific now some of you who are really really good with math you're sitting there and saying wait a minute uh, 1260 days is not. Um, three and a half years because if you take 365 days. Remember, we're not talking a solar calendar. We're talking a lunar calendar. And so back in this time period, they didn't count 365 days. Their day was basically, their time period was less than that. And so they would use uh, a different calendar system with less days. And so it works out 1260, 1260 uh, would total up what we have. Um, What we will get into a little bit more as well. The The statement is made in multiple passages. This is the worst time in all of human history. Daniel twelve describes it, such as never, uh, never was since there was a nation a time of trouble. We read in Matthew twenty four that this is the great tribulation that'll be upon the earth. Not you know no other time has ever seen it this bad. Except those days should be shortened. Jesus said there should nobody survive. It is the end of the world. Why is that? Let me give you several reasons. I'm not going to give you in chronological order, but let me just give you some overall information that as you look at this time period, it's described as a time period filled with, and let's fill in the blanks with many of those. There's talked about that there's going to be many wars. We read about that in Matthew 24. You're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars so there's a lot of, uh, a lot of activity, battlefield activity that's taking place according to Matthew 24. In Revelation 6 that we read, it talks about the horse going out And the horse is taking peace from the earth. And that he is going to be doing this with a great sword. Okay, now that is seal number one. And seal number two, both of them are referring to fighting and conflict that's taking place. And so the first two seals have to do with that idea. In Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39, you have this whole uh, diatribe given about Gog and Magog that they are going to war that they are that they are going to battle against Jerusalem and then it describes the battle how the king of the south the king of the north that they are battling against Israel and they will win and then the king of the north will turn on the king of the south, and he will attack the king of the south. And then he hears the strange tidings back in Jerusalem. He'll turn around and head back north, and then all of a sudden his army is totally destroyed by uh, hail and fire that comes out of the heavens. And that takes place in that time period of the middle of the tribulation. There is also a suggestion in the book of Ezekiel that there is a major warfare that takes place in the Middle East prior to the beginning of the tribulation. The reason being, it talks about them burning the wood that was used by the troops, burning their weapons uh, and burning their vehicles, burning them for seven years. So apparently there's some type of of conflict that takes place prior to or at the beginning of the tribulation. There's a major conflict that takes place in in the Middle East, and that's when the king of the north... Gog, Magog, Russia, if you, if you would, probably if it happened today, they will battle with the Arab nations against Israel, and Russia will turn on all of its allies if it would to happen today, and then they're destroyed. And then there's another major battle that's taking place towards the end of the tribulation that everybody knows about. It's called Armageddon. And so you have these major, major warfares that are taking place, okay, that, that he talks about that the unclean spirits are, are gathering the people together for Armageddon. So these battles are spiritually induced. This isn't just politics as usual. This is a spiritual um, warfare taking place using human mechanisms and human armory to get people to try to destroy the people of Israel. That's what Armageddon's all about. Destroy the Jews so as to defeat God and God's promises. And uh, then we also would add to it, okay, there's natural disasters. There's warfare. We know that there's many natural disasters. There's going to be talk about in Revelation. Um, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 24, 24, he says about earthquakes, okay, that are going to take place. Revelation 6, the, the sixth seal says the great earthquake and so they all happen. We know other natural disasters. And in Revelation chapter 6, verse 12, we talk about that same seal, the number 6, in that first half that the sun is going to become black, the moon, there's going to be upheaval happening in the solar system. When you get into the trumpets, the angel sounded and there was followed, hail and fire mingled with blood. They were cast to the earth, and a third part of the trees was burned up in all the green grass. And so natural disasters, uh, you know, whatever's coming out of the sky is going to, in, in all of a sudden, engulf major parts of planet Earth under fire, uh, a third of all the trees burning up. That's going to tr- create tremendous, tremendous uh, problems for planet Earth. The ecosystem will go into whack. And then as well, with all of the, the cloud cover, is that what some of the idea that the sun is turning black is because of all of a sudden we have so much uh, ash that's filling the air. And it talks about Men are scorched with great heat, so the sun will intensify, and the people will come to the point that they're blaspheming God, they're screaming against God because of the great heat that they're experiencing. This is in Revelation chapter 16, we're dealing with the trumpet and vile judgments. The stars are going to fall from heaven. This is the sixth seal. We read in chapter chapter 8 when we're talking about the trumpet judgments, the second trumpet says, As it were, a great mountain burning with fire is cast into the sea, and a third part of the waters become bloods. Now, he seems to make a distinction when he talks about the fresh waters and the sea waters. This seems to be the sea waters that all of a sudden they are going to become like blood, look like blood, um, have the coagulation, the result is a third part of the creatures that were in the sea will die. Okay, so what's it smell like along the shore when you have a lot of dead fish? Okay, what, happens, what happens to people who are dependent upon the seas for their, for their food sustenance? So this is going to be a horrendous period of time that it's going to get worse. And then he talks about how the seas are in such upheaval, one-third of the shipping is going to be destroyed. You do realize that the major way of communication for transportation of goods and supplies between nations is not by rail, and it is not by flying. It's by, okay, boat, by shipping. And so this is going to cause tremendous upheaval in economies because there's going to be the, uh, the, whatever the natural upheaval in the seas. You know, tsunamis with this, with this uh, comets falling to the earth, whatever. It's going to be an awful time. Now we continue. And he says, okay, that was the second that was the second trumpet. The third trumpet, he talks about, and there fell the great star. This is wormwood that you've read about in Scripture. Something is going to fall, and this is going to affect the uh, fresh waters. And a third part of the fresh waters become bitter. Many people will die because of the poison that will happen to the fresh waters. So those areas of Africa that right now, they are, they are in desperate ways because of the heat, because of the lack of water. What will happen to them? It, everything's going to intensify. Maybe the United States will be all of a sudden in that same spot where water is going to become a scarcity or fresh water, clean water, that is. And so it goes on, it says the fourth angel, and we continue in these trumpet judgments, the second, the third, the fourth angel poured his vial upon the sun and power was given to scorch men with fire. And so we, we have this whole idea that the waters are going to be up. Now, now think with me for a second. You have pestilence, you have famine, you have disease. Now your water is becoming a rarity. And what do people want when they don't feel good? What is the one relief from the heat? The water. And then the water is becoming a rarity. No wonder people are going to become angry with one another. No wonder it's going to become just a, a time period filled with chaos. Now, just give an idea. If we if we just took what happens in modern America, okay? Look what happened just a couple weeks ago, or last week in Indonesia. And you say, wait a minute, this, this, you earthquake takes place and all of a sudden the city is absolutely devastated. The before and after pictures that aren't real clear, that I couldn't get off the internet. But all of a sudden the disaster of an earthquake that's very isolated. Well he's talking in this that there's going to be many earthquakes, there's going to be many areas of devastation and you have like the tsunami in, in Japan in 2010. What was there and all of a sudden one tsunami in a matter of minutes, that's what's left of that same area. Can you imagine the devastation that's going to take place and the pictures the tribulation will have when nature goes out of control? And so it's a horrible time period. The, red, the water become as blood? Is it, the, uh, is it the red tide epidemic that we see that's happening down in Florida where you look and you go, okay, it looks kind of red. The water looks real reddish when you get to it. This could be it. I, I don't know. But the results are along the Florida coast are quite devastating. And that's just in one isolated area that you have that. He's talking that this is going to be spread throughout the world. Then there's going to be the growth of diseases. By the way, this makes sense. You have a lot of things dying Okay, you're going to have diseases that go along with it, that spread because of all the death that's going on. He says, I looked and I saw a pale horse. That pale horse was called death and given unto him to attack one-fourth part of the planet or the people. And he talks in Matthew 24 that there's going to be pestilences, diseases. He talks in Revelation 16 that the first vial, okay, went out and poured his vial upon the angel, poured his vial upon the earth and there 's a noisome and grievous sore upon men which had the mark of the beast, them that worship this image and so there 's going to be this heavenly judgment that includes some type of of you know, catastrophe to peoples it 's going to affect their body it 's going to be you know, something that 's going to be uh, making their skin feel awful and cause them to have this pain is uh, is that everybody has a form of shingles. It's a horrible, horrible time period. Then he says there's famines that will go with this. Not just diseases, not just warfare, not natural disasters, but famines will take place. Jesus spoke about that, we read. And Revelation 6 says that power was given to kill with the sword and with hunger. And so the death isn't just by weaponry. Death is going to be by famine. People will die by starvation in planet Earth. That's with the number four seal in that first half. He had mentioned the number three seal. He had said that a measure of wheat, which is one meal, okay? A measure of wheat is only combines in Old Testament thought, New Testament, is just basically one meal one big burger, and that would be for a penny. A penny was a day's wage. So you're going to have one sandwich to feed your entire family for the day's work that you earned. So it's going to be a horrific, horrible, horrible, horrible time. Let's add to it. The animal kingdom goes berserk. We read that with the seals, it says, number four sealed that there will be a fourth part of the people killed with sword, with hunger, with death, and with the beasts of the earth. And so the fear that animals, the innate fear that many animals have of mankind will be gone. And probably the reason for that is the animals are, they're hungry, okay? And when animals get hungry, they just, yeah, they eat, okay? Their, their fear of natural, innate fear of people is going to be gone, and so that's going to that's cause this enough that it's not a rarity that you read an account of somebody being attacked. It's going to become commonplace that it's one of the four major means by which people are dying during this time period. Um, let's go on a little bit more. There's pain and suffering. Now we alluded to this already, but let's, let's encapsulate some of the passages. Revelation 9, this is fifth trumpet. One of the trumpets. If you notice, a lot of them are repetitious. They're, they're distinct. The fifth trumpet, there's smoke out of the, out of the smoke. There's the locusts that come up out of the earth. They're not to hurt the grass, but they were given unto men to attack the people that don't have the seal of God, that they should not kill but torment for five months as the torment of a scorpion, that they will come out and sting. And so you have different pictures of how scorpion poison can affect people. Well, this period of time is going to intensify that whatever this is, that it's going to cause great pain and agony amongst the peoples on planet earth. Men are scorched with great heat to the point that they're blaspheming God. They're, they're really angry about this. That's number four vial. Number five vial. That there's going to be this, this um, disease that comes that it talks about how people will gnaw their tongues for pain. And they will blaspheme God because of their pain and their sores. So you're going to have this, not a rarity of disease, it's going to be very commonplace that people are going to have some type of, of pain and agony and hunger and uh, irritation. Now, none of you would get this way, but some people, when they get out in the heat and they work hard, they get irritable, okay? Now, none of us would do that because we're saved. Saved people never get irritable, okay? So what's going to happen is this is going to get really, really intense during this time period, and then we add to it the evil that's going on. Now that's all the the, the attacks that are coming from nature, that are coming from people. What else happens? He says that this time period, evil basically rises to the top. Do you remember in Second Thessalonians, we saw this last week, that he's talking about that man of sin will come, and he makes the comment that the, um, the workings of iniquity are already happening, but then they'll be loosed more when that which holds back is taken away. What's he mean by that? There are already indications... In planet Earth today, there is already evil in in place. Yes, no, would you agree with that? That evil is active. There is already satanic manipulations in politics. Would you agree with that? Okay. Is there satanic uh, organizations and attacks and um, forces trying to attack God's people? Okay, we'd agree with that. That iniquity is already doing some work, but it's basically, there's a lid on it. That lid is the salt of the earth, the light of the world, you. It is also the Holy Spirit keeping things down right at this point. But all of a sudden, that lid is taken away. The Holy Spirit within the believers is removed. And what's going to hold back evil? What's going to stop evil from going rampant at this time? Nothing. Nothing. In fact, evil will all of a sudden feel like it is the norm of the day. We think evil becomes the norm of the day already. Yes? That that which is evil is being called good, and that which is good is being called... And we see that. Yes? No? Okay, we see that in the last days, times will wax worse and worse. Okay, we understand that that's happening. But he talks about how in this last seven years, it's going to be on steroids. It's going to just magnify itself in a tremendous way. Here's what happens. He says, Jesus says, that in those last days, the iniquity shall abound... Okay. Iniquity is men doing their own thing against God. Iniquity will abound, and the love of many shall wax cold. Um, what's that mean? Basically, people will become more and more selfish. More and more, it's all about me. Okay, Can you imagine society getting worse? Okay. So he says, the sixth trumpet, the rest of the men which were not killed by the plagues, they repented not of the works of their hands. And then he lists out what's going on at that time period. That they should not worship devils, idols of gold, silver brass, neither repented of their murderings, their sorceries, their fornications, nor their thefts. So in other words, that, that type of lifestyle will become the norm. If you were living in that time period, what would you be tempted to want to do? What's that? Kill yourself? Kill yourself? How would you live in your house? What would you be tempted to do? If you're living in this time period, and this is the way society is getting, would you make your house a fortress? Would you barricade it? Would you increase the locks and put something bigger over the windows than just glass? Okay, that's what this time period is indicating, that it's going to get worse and worse. In fact, He talks about how men were scorched with heat and blasphemed the name of God, which has power. They recognize, that's the irony of the text. They recognize this is from God. And how do they respond? Yeah, they're blaspheming him. By the way, who are they worshiping? This is in the fourth vial. The fourth vial is, the vials are in the second half of the tribulation. Who are they worshiping? The Antichrist. But who are they blaming for their problems? God, okay? It's this whole idea that, well, people, you know, there, there's, there's people who are atheistic. We all know the reality that people know there's a God, innately. Innately, they know there's a God. Even innately, they're going to say, there's a God, and this is indicative of his judgments. They're going to recognize that, but they don't respond properly to that. In fact, in Revelation, it goes on, and it says, now, the fifth vial, in addition, the kingdom's full of darkness, they nod their tongues for pain, blaspheme God because of their pains and their sores, but they repent not of their deeds. And so the indication of that is that evil is going to just become the norm of that day. It'll be normal to just be involved with with looking out for yourself, stealing, robbing, doing what you get for yourself then it adds to it that the persecution of believers, those who are claiming Christ, those who are of the Jewish nation and trying to follow those codes of the Jews, their persecution is going to be worse than any other time in human history. We read in Matthew chapter 24 they will deliver you up And by the way, in Matthew 24, he's speaking basically to the Jewish people. And he's talking about the Jewish uh, kingdom, uh, uh, yeah, the remnant of the Jews that he's trying to prepare for the kingdom. They shall deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. You shall be hated of all nations. So we think that that the uh, World War II Holocaust was bad. This is going to be worse for the Jewish people this time period. They'll be hated of all nations, There's not going to be anybody coming to rescue them then. There's not going to be coming anybody that's going to try to free them from the Holocaust. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. So this time period of evil, intensifies, especially persecution. He talks in the fifth seal that he saw them who were already persecuted, who had died because of the word of God and for their testimony that they're under the altar. That's the fifth seal we read this morning. And so we know that in the first three and a half years, many, many believers will be killed during that time period. We read as well these things. In Daniel chapter 7, when it talks about Antichrist, it says he shall wear out the saints. What, what does that mean to you? When when it, it says that he's wearing them out, does it seem like he's victorious? Does it give the impression that, that the saints are going underground because they feel like, man, the days if I put my head up, it's going to be taken right off. And so Antichrist in his power, and this is again talking about him, it says, given unto him, the Antichrist, to make war with the saints and to, you have to catch that last word, overcome them. So during that seven years, will the saints be able to defend themselves successfully? The answer is no, no. The believers who are in this time period, the majority of those believers will, six, will be hunted down. They will be, those who are brothers and sisters in Christ, they will suffer persecution to the death. Antichrist will get his foot upon their neck, and the church of that time period, the, the believers of that time period, whatever we want to call that group, they're going to be well on to the idea of being annihilated. The rescue doesn't come until when? I know this goes contrary to American thinking and, and goes contrary to what we always want everything to end up clear and glossy that when everybody's in trouble, you know, all of a sudden at the last moment, rescue will come over the hill. The reality of the book of Revelation is rescue does not come for the believers until when? Arma, at, in the midst of Armageddon. It's not going to come during that time period. So that's why we often say for those believers, I'm sorry, for those individuals sitting in a church service that say, well, I'll wait to get saved until that time period. When I see these things, then I'll get saved and I'll just be very careful during the tribulation period. That's not what Scripture promises you. Scripture says that if you wait to be born again in that time period, the chances of your survival are... Slim to none. Slim to none. Okay? The, the picture very clearly in, this, in these texts is that those who call upon Christ during the tribulation period, thank God they do, but almost, almost all who call upon Christ, what will happen to them? They will die for their faith. They will be challenged for their faith. So it's a, glim, gl- a gloomy, gloomy, dim prospect. Many of us would not worship the image of they're going to be killed. This is just going to become the norm. This isn't going to become a remote area of the world where we read about what's happening in Indonesia. We read about what's happening in Kyrgyzstan. We read about what's happening in China. And it's those. this is going to be a worldwide persecution of the believers. Let's go a little bit further. It's going to be a t- time period that's demonic attacks. Personal attacks by demons upon mankind as a whole. He opened up the bottomless pit and there came out the locusts that they should kill and torment, uh, men for the five months, the five, fifth trumpet. Woe unto the inhabitants of the, oh, um, this is, Revelation 12 is a passage that gives, that has several different figures. It has a woman who's standing upon, uh, the plant, the moon, I believe it's the moon, and the twelve stars round about, and she is standing there and there's a dragon trying to attack her. And especially when she gives birth to a son, the dragon tries to destroy the son. The, um, the son who is said to be birthed will rule the world with a rod of iron. Who's the one person that scripture says is going to rule the world with a rod of iron? Jesus Christ. Okay. And this woman that gives birth, who has 12 stars upon her crown, is representative of what people from whom, anti- uh, from whom Messiah comes? Okay. It's the Jews. It's the Jewish people. Okay. The dragon that is trying to attack this woman. That has the twelve stars. The dragon that tries to destroy her is Satan. Okay, so you have those those features that are given in Revelation twelve, and then as and that's a lot of that is post history, past history, which we know that's true. That Christ came out of the nation of Israel, and did Satan try to destroy Messiah as soon as he was born? Yes, he did. With uh, what characters? Herod the Great. Okay. And so we know that that was fulfilled and then it's continuing the story that the woman who gave birth that she is going to be alive on the earth during the tribulation Jewish people and the beast will go after her. And the beast is going to try to destroy her. Uh, That beast in that passage, that dragon, is Satan's going to try to come. And it tells the story of Satan being cast out of heaven in a war, that he will be cast to this earth, and he comes unto the earth, and the warning from heaven is, Watch out! Woe unto you inhabitants! The devil has come down having great wrath. And so, very clearly in that second three and a half years, Satan's kicked out of heaven, No longer able to go there. The only way he can get back into heaven and try to take control is he has to usurp God Almighty. He has to destroy the Jewish people. That is the covenant. That is the promise throughout the Old Testament. He's got to prove that God can't do it. Therefore, he's more powerful than God. And so he will pull out all the stops. And by the way, it says, The devil has come down having great wrath, knowing his time is short. Okay, So he realizes prophecy. He knows that there's a time limit that's coming, that he's got just X amount of time, three and a half years, to accomplish his purposes. The dragon went to make war with the remnant, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ which is talked about in Revelation 12, we uh, read as well that there's great deception. There's going to be a lot of demonic deception that's taking place. It says in Matthew 24, Jesus said many false prophets shall arise in that day. He said that if any shall say, here's the Christ, there's the Christ, don't go out there, because the Christ will come as lightnings comes out of the east and unto the west. And so he's predicted that there's going to be a lot of false teachings that will take place. To add to that, we would go to 2 Thessalonians where it says, Antichrist, whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, with all deceivableness of unrighteousness, and then they perish. For this cause, God is going to give them the strong delusion. He's going to let them believe a lie. Okay, people will believe all this stuff that Antichrist is saying. He's going, to, he's going to delude them. He's going to show them signs and wonders and powers. Maybe he'll do some miracle healings to some of these people who are afflicted to just get others to follow him even more. But all the world will wonder after Antichrist. The word wonder isn't scratch their head and go oh, wonder what he is. The idea is that they're going to be amazed by him. They're going to follow him in amazement. We read in Revelation 13 about his cohort and crime in the second three and a half years called the false prophet. He does great wonders that he makes even fire come down from heaven. He deceives them that dwell upon the earth by means of miracles that he does. And so people will swallow his teaching, his lie, that Antichrist is God, that we need to worship Antichrist. People will swallow it hook, hook, line, and sinker. And so this deception is just intensifying. Then it gets even worse that in the latter part that there's going to be demonic deception that will gather the nations together to go to battle. And this is, by the way, that battle of that great day called. Armageddon, yes. Okay, that's the sixth vial. This is now towards the end of the tribulation period. Then we also know this, that the anger, the wrath, the emotions of this time period are phenomenally bad. We read different passages, putting them back together, that people will live very angry lifestyles. We know that they shall, the Jews, will be hated of all nations. That people are going to, the idea of the love of many shall wax cold. Okay, it won't, be a, it won't be a caring for your neighbor time. We understand that. We understand that people will, according to Revelation 16, they will blaspheme God. They are angry, 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 angry. This is the, this is the general tenor of society. Anger, and it even states very simply, the nations were angry. And so that's the description of men's attitudes during this time period. Now we also know that not only are men angry during this time period, but the scripture says Satan is very, very angry, which intensifies his fury against mankind to convince people. We read that woe unto the inhabitants This Satan will come down from heaven having great wrath because he knows his time is short. And so he's angry. He's attacking people, trying to destroy and get people to destroy Israel. Any hesitation, they get destroyed. We know as well, this may, this may strike you odd, but the scriptures very clearly says God's anger against sin is magnified. God's upset in us with people doing what's wrong. We read in multiple passages that there's the day of his wrath. His wrath is come. The winepress of his wrath. We talk about the wrath of God that's in passages. that they're The vials of the wrath of God. Time and time again the book of Revelation says that this is the wrath of God against mankind that is turning against him and following Satan. That there's, this period is just one angry time period upon planet Earth. That there is going to be the people angry, Satan, the spirit world angry, God himself is taking a, a judgment position that's going to be happening. And so it's a horrible, horrible ter- period that there's so much death that takes place. The death count that you go through this last seven years is amazing. The second trumpet talks about a third part of all that is in the sea will die. We read that then in the second vial, later, uh, later on, we have every living thing will die. So there's a period of time where, where a third of all the sea creatures die, and then everything in the sea dies. It's going to become uh, a famine field for those who would rely upon it. We read that with a third trumpet... Third part of all the fresh waters become wormwood and people die because a lot of the fresh water is no longer able to be drunk. It's poisonous. We read that it talks about a fourth part of the earth is going to be affected by sword and hunger and death and the beasts of the earth. Well let's build upon that here for a second. okay? Where we talk about in the first three and a half years one out of every four people alive on planet earth will die. One out of every four will die. That's the amount of burials, if they get buried, is going to be massive during that time period. In the second three and a half years, one out of every three remaining will die. And so you put it together, over 50% of the human population that begin the tribulation will die within seven years. Tremendously horrible time period awful, awful time period. It gets so bad that we read already this morning that the rich, the poor, every level of people will run to the mountains and say, fall on us. We want to die. We want to get away from the face of him that sits on the throne. They understand this is judgment of God. And so men will seek death. That was in the seals. It's mentioned again in the fifth and sixth trumpets that those days they want to die to escape all that's going on around them. It is a horrible, horrible, horrible time. And yet, we know that it's not just the most horrible time. There is another factor here, okay, that God is dealing with the Jewish people to bring them to salvation, and it's a time period where he is trying to deal with those people in particular, the Jewish people. Multiple passages that talk about how this time period is focused on getting the Jews to repent, getting them to repent. I want to finish up with this thought. There is going to be, during this time period, the evangelism that is done in the planet Earth will be... Just non-comparable to any other time in history. The amount of people who will get saved during that time period. Now they're going to die, majority of them, but there's going to be a gospel witness that will spread. In tragedy, God brings his gospel to the forefront. Jesus said, the gospel shall be preached in all the world. There was comments that he says, I saw the souls of them that were slain for the word of God, for the testimony which they held. So there's going to be people saved during this time period. He goes on, he talks about the 144,000 In Revelation 7 and chapter 14, we'll talk about more of them in a couple weeks. But they will have an evangelistic crusade to the point that it says, After this I beheld a great multitude of men which could not be numbered, from all nations, kindreds, people's tongues, standing before the throne, before the Lamb, they which came out of the tribulation, having washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb, the persecuted ones. But he's talking about the result of that 144,000 evangelism, that there's such a great multitude you can't even number them of people who will get born again according to Revelation chapter 7. We read as well that there's the two prophets of Revelation 11 that are preaching and then God even sends angels to fly in the midst of the heaven with the everlasting gospel to preach unto them upon the earth. So God's evangelism will include angelic beings also preaching to people so there will be the miracles that are done by demonic forces, there will be angels speaking to people, sharing the gospel. We know that at the end one third of the Jewish people they will, recall, will repent and call upon Christ to be their Savior as they see him uh, descending from heaven at the Battle of Armageddon. That one-third of the, of the Jews will be the remnant who get born again. And so we know that no matter how much this, this evil will be permeating planet Earth, God, in his judgment of wrath, is also extending grace and letting people get born again. And so the gospel will be out. God is doing a great work. People will get saved because of the word of God being presented. And so you and I don't want to say, okay, we, we should take advantage right now, share the gospel now, give people the incentive of what this time period would be like. But have you planned to leave some type of witness who we were raptured away? Have you thought through how do you leave a witness to friends and relatives if you're raptured away? They could get saved. Chances will be, will be that they have pressure not to. But what about the witness you leave behind? Have you purposed in some way you could leave behind if we got raptured within the next month some type of gospel witness to friends and family who haven't listened to you yet? It'd be worth your giving out the word of God in that way because God will do a work in the hearts of the lives of people during that time period worst period in human history next week we're going to start talking about the different people involved and uh, who are the main characters and what are they are what they're like